Thanks for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. Whether you're new to Highlands and are listening for the first time or you want to hear a past message again, welcome. Our heart at Highlands is to lead you into a growing relationship with Jesus so you can have a life full of purpose as you grow in your faith and lead others to Jesus. We hope you enjoy and are inspired by the latest message from one of our communicators. Expansion is one of the most exciting series of the year, I find. Um, And the reason it is, is we see that people's faith is activated. Faith is applied with outcomes. Going beyond ourselves and our abilities to trust God and believe for miracles, believe for the impossible. And you're going to see some stories and you've already seen some stories come up on the screen around uh, where God has done the impossible and and moved where it, it couldn't happen. And yet God does it. And, and that's what I love about this because people think it's about money. And sure, we receive an offering and it's very biblical what we do. Uh, if you study the Old Testament, you'll see it all the way through the Old Testament. They receive an offering, have a celebration. That's what our party's about on the, the end of the series is we actually have the, the celebration party and, and we receive an offering because of that. And it's a very biblical way to do it because we want to celebrate the goodness of God. But we want to activate our faith. We want to activate it because in the world we live in, we don't bring a sacrifice of a cow or we don't bring a sacrifice of grain, we bring a sacrifice of money. That's the way our world works today. And I think Paul explains it really well in Corinthians, in Corinthians 2, 12, 9, because it's not our ability, it's his ability. And we tap into this because sometimes we think, oh, well, we can sow or give, but it's actually his ability. It says, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So I'm glad to boast of my weaknesses so the power of Christ can work through me. It's not our ability. It's not as we give in our ability. It's as we tap into the supernatural of God in our we step out of our world and what we can do and step into the supernatural world of what God can do. And that's what expansion's about. It's expanding our faith. And I love that. I love the fact that we stand in this building right now as an expansion of faith. That 40 years ago was a lettuce field. I love our stories. I love that we're doing it again at Highfields. And you see the story of the youth and watch it grow. I love those stories because it's an activation of faith, the proclamation of the goodness of God to see God move in our lives. See, and I started to talk about this a couple of weeks ago when I was hosting. At the cross, everything was done for us. And you think about Jesus going to the cross and he went to the cross. He went to the cross for forgiveness of sin, sacrificed his life for sin, that we can be free. He took the whip by his stripes, by the whip marks on his back, we're healed. Cursed is he who hung on a tree. And he was hung on a cross, hung on a tree to take our curses. He's taken all of these things for us at the cross. The generational curses are broken Maybe in your family where you've experienced stuff coming down the family line, it's broken at the cross. Maybe sickness has come down your family line, it's broken at the cross, it's stopped at the cross. Like Jesus declared, it is finished. But our challenge is, how do we grab hold of that? How do we activate them in our life? How do we 
actually grab hold of the making real for us because it is done, but it's up to us to grab hold of it. People go, oh, no, that's works. No, it's not. If you give your life to Christ, and there'll be an opportunity for you to do that this morning. You have to actually say, Jesus, I choose you as my Lord and Savior. It's something you do. He says, if you believe in your heart, Romans says this, believe in your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. There's an action. It says, if you give, it'll be given back to you. But there's something about our action and something about grabbing the action of the cross for our life that we have to take hold of it. We have to take hold of the promises and bring them into our lives and, and receive them. There's a whole pile of stuff going on around, oh, well, healing. You've got to appropriate healing. Oh, well, being filled with the Spirit. You've got to be filled with the Spirit. You see, post the cross, it's all about others. Post the cross, it's about others. It's about others and the moving from self, selfishness to God-centeredness. The Great Commission, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Mark 16, 15 to 18. The Great Commission, it's Jesus commands us to do this. Go about our daily life and preach the gospel. And we think about that and go, oh, well, what's that? Well, it's just tell our story. Go about your daily life and tell your story. It's not, oh, well, yes, yeah, stand on a street corner and shout. It's not that, it's tell your story. It's walk alongside people. Tell your story. Being there to proclaim is what it says. It says, work miracles to testify of the gospel. Pray for people. We caught a Uber from the airport to my son's place, which is a, a really short trip. He lives at Nanda, which is right near the airport in Brisbane. We caught this Uber. And the guy was um, Baihai, wasn't he? Baihai? Yeah, Baihai. And uh, so I love talking to Uber drivers, taxi drivers, and love talking to anybody, really. Um, but I ended up, he asked me what I did for a job, and I said, I'm a pastor. And, he said, oh, and then I opened the, he opened that question, so I asked him, well, do you have a faith? And he started telling me about his faith about how everything's acceptable. But he got the opportunity to proclaim. I got the opportunity to talk to him. Not to convert him, but just to talk to him, to plant a seed. Like Paul says, some will plant seeds, some will water and some will reap a harvest. He told me on the journey, I've got friends that are Baptist and he started to tell me some stories and you know, God's obviously doing something in his life. The trip was supposed to be really short and he took the wrong way. Morris sitting in the back going, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> and he took us this really weird way and added 15 minutes probably to the journey because God wanted us to talk to him. I love what God does. Pray for people. Walk alongside people and point them towards Jesus. That's discipling people. Somehow we make it really, really difficult. It's never meant to be difficult. We've just been in southern USA, which we have really good connections over there at a church conference, and Maura and I are at this conference, and southern USA is, the church we're at has 55,000 people, 21 campuses in Alabama, and uh, they had a model of church, which was very southern model of church, which was the come and see model, 
And since COVID, the world's changed, as we know. Well, Australia's changed a long time ago, and all of a sudden they've realised that come and see's not working anymore. And they're saying, you should actually, we need to actually exercise our faith and walk alongside people. Because their view was, and, and the pastor was saying this, he said, I didn't expect anyone to lead anyone to Jesus. All I expected them to do was invite them to church. But it doesn't work. Because it's never meant to be that way. We equip the saints for the work of the ministry. That's the role of the church. And our job is to go along and do that. It says baptise people. The reason we baptise people here is we get to tell a story on a screen that they can tell their story and then they have that as a memento. We, they get a copy of their story and as they go through the process to understand baptism, it's so important that we actually catch what God is doing. But it also is important to understand that we need the power of God. We must have the power of God. Talk about the Great Commission. We just talked about those doing those things. But before you do that, it says this, the power is given. You can't do it without the power. Luke 24, 49 and Acts 4, when the Holy Spirit fills you with power, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you are able to be my witnesses. We can't do it ourselves. There's something we need and it's the Holy Ghost. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. So important we are because everything we do needs that power. And it's something that happens. I grew up Anglican, many of you know my story. So I grew up Anglican and I was confirmed at 14, had the Archbishop of Sydney lay his hands on me and pray for me. And it was all very religious. I'd given my life as a child. And then my brother went to some strange church, Christian Outreach Centre. And he got a miracle and he invited me along because I used to tease him all the time. He's my older brother. He's my, I've got a few of them, but he's the one closest to me. I used to give him a hard time. The Orange People Church, I'd call it. I don't know if you remember the Orange People. They were the ones that used to go and dance in the streets and they're a bit like Hare Krishnas. And... If something happened when you get filled with the Spirit of God, I would have said, no, no, it happened when I gave my life to Christ. Now there's definitely a second experience. Not only a second experience, there's an ongoing experience with God. We need to be filled with the Spirit every day. Something about the power of God that we need to have to do our life and do it well. God's really impressing on me in this season of the power of prayer and the power of the Spirit of God to move. And we need it. William Booth said it this way, and I love his quote. William Booth was the founder of the Salvation Army. And he warned this in the, in the late 1800s. The chief danger that confronts the coming century will be a religion without the Holy Ghost, Christianity without Christ, forgiveness without repentance, salvation without regeneration, politics without God, heaven without hell. He may have been a little bit late, but I think we're pretty close to that today. You see it. We see it in our political realm. We see it in our religious realm. But there's something we need. It's the power of God to do what we need to do. It's not just about religion. It's not just about church. It's about knowing God and, and living out our faith. 
It's about walking alongside people, pointing them towards Jesus. That's discipleship. It's about having community, connecting with people and connecting with God. That is our small groups. And it's about coming to worship and praise him, to enter his thanks, enter his gates with thanksgiving. That's church. That's why it's powerful. That's why it's important. You know, in the 1600s, they used to have, a, uh, things used to be written on leaves way back in the 16th century. Books, pages in books were referred to as leaves. So turning over a new leaf was turning to a blank page. The idiom was used to signify a major change in behaviour or a new stage of life. And I just sense God's saying to us is that it's time to have, through this season of expansion, a time to actually take a new leaf. To turn over a new leaf. And I wanted to give you quickly this morning, I've got a lot of scripture that we can go through, but you can jump on the Bible app. And uh, if you've had the Bible app, you can get all these scriptures. They're all there. I may not use them all, but they're all there this morning. So you go to the Bible app, go to events, and you can save them. But I'd love you to think about this as you're turning over a new page. Who likes acrostics? Anyone done acrostics? Page. I want you to remember the word page. P-A-G-E. For this expansion series, I want you to understand about what we're doing as we turn over a new page because I actually sense it is a new page. I actually sense we're actually turning over a new page in the life of our church, but also in the life of people. I sense God doing it. I sensed it before I went to America. I heard it over there as well. Doug and I were talking about things before I went to America, talking about our need for more prayer, talking about our need for more corporate prayer. But I sense we need to turn the page Turn over a new leaf. So prayer is as necessary as air is one of our statements and one of our values. As we come into this season and we come into the season expansion, we need to be people of prayer. We must pray. It's not optional. It's a relationship with God. And I want to give you more resources in this and over the coming months we'll do more and more of this in prayer because I want to teach people to pray. We're going to open a corporate prayer meeting and we're going to do some different things like that where we will have these corporate prayer meetings but part of that corporate prayer meeting is to teach people how to pray. God's really impressed on my heart the need to let people understand that, let people learn how to pray because it's something I've found people don't know what to do. We say prayer but we don't know what to do. That's why when we say the salvation prayer at the end of the service today, if you give your life to Christ, because most people don't know how to pray, we give you an example of a prayer because it helps people pray. So pray in Philippians 4, 5 to 7, be anxious for nothing but everything with prayer and supplication. Everything with prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So we're going to have a season and we'll have our, two, our expansion books come out and there'll be an opportunity for you to write your prayer requests down and your needs and what you're believing God for. But let, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And then the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and your mind and your soul. Prayer is as necessary as air. A 
in pages for action. Christianity is not a spectator sport. Christianity is not for spectators. We're all in the game. The role of the church, we don't come to spectate at the church. We come to actually be encouraged at the church. We come to worship the corporate worship. But the church's job, the pastor's job, my job, Doug's job, every pastor's job is to equip the saints, that's you, for the work of the ministry. That's what we're called to do. To equip you. To do what we said in the Great Commission. To proclaim. To share your story. To work miracles. Lay hands on people and see the miraculous power of God. To walk alongside people and point them towards Jesus. And to baptise people. That's your job as saints. My job as a saint. My job as a pastor is to equip you. To see you fulfil the call. So A is for action. James puts it this way. James 2.18. I'm going to jump a scripture. James 2.18. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I'll show you my faith by my works. There's something important about action. 1 John 3.18. Little children, let us not love in our word or talk, but in deed and truth. We come to this season of expansion as we pray. We bring our faith to action. G is for generosity. We're a generous church and we are. We're a generous people, but there's something that I think God wants to activate in us more and more. I want to see people in this church be those people like you hear in America, give away your billion dollars. i never forget when Mori and I wrote our first $100,000 check. Well, it was actually transfer of money. <laughs> it wasn't a check. Something powerful about it. If you can catch it. If you can catch it. Generosity. It activates. It activates in your life. It activates something that can make a difference. 2 Corinthians 9.16, if you would know before expansion, we called it 2C9. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 16 will come up on the screen. <laughs> Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully, and God will generously provide. Who will? God will. Generously provide all of your need. Then you will always have everything you need. It's, a, it's that thing where we actually give and God gets involved in our life. Generosity is something we have to catch as a Christian. Christians should be marked by it. It must be a mark of Christianity that we're generous. Because it messes people's heads up so badly. They go, why? Why? Why would you do that? And not to take a TikTok video or an Instagram story as we take, pay for someone's groceries. or That's not what it's meant. It's meant to be done in secret. We do it to bless people and move on. We do it in the house of God. As we sow, God says he's going to increase us. Everything you need... 
It goes on, and plenty to, left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely, give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. It's interesting that your good deeds will be remembered in heaven. It's left there as a testimony in heaven. A memorial before God. Acts says a story of a centurion, his arms or his giving came up as a memorial before God. If we can just catch the power of generosity, for God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. In the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources. Who will provide? God will provide. We do what we're called to do. We don't sit there and do nothing. It's as we started to say at the beginning, we, it's what we do and then God gets involved in what we do. He says, I will. People say, it's works, it's not works, it's obedience. Provide you and increase your resources and produce a great harvest of generosity in you. The harvest of generosity. The harvest of the people that make a difference. Encouragement, letter E, so page. Prayer, action, generosity, and encouragement. Encouragement is in community, that we don't do this alone. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25, and let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works and not forsake the assembling of us together as in the manner of some, but exhorting one another so much more as you see the day approaching. Something incredibly powerful as we encourage one another, as we grab hold of our friends and people and we, and we encourage them that we can be not poor poppy people that pull people down, but actually be people who say, come on, you can do it. You can do it. God is for you, not against you. Encourage people to make a difference. Happens in community, happens in our small groups. To be the encouragers. Romans 15, 1 to 2. It goes on and says, We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. 1 Thessalonians 5, Therefore encourage one another and build them up just as you are doing. That's what we should be known for. We should be known as encouragers. Not to see the problems, but actually see the solutions. To encourage people, lift people up. To expand their thinking. To see them make a difference. In the next month, expansion. It's designed to do this. It's designed to expand your faith. Gain an understanding on biblical finances. That's why we bring Ash and Karen in. Ash is a, I think he's a four-time BRW 100, Fast 100 winner. He runs a law firm on the Sunshine Coast. He's a good friend of mine. I've known him since he was a kid. He actually taught my son how to boy shop. That's how long we've known him. When Chris was only little. He's, Chris is 30-whatever now. 1988 he was born. You can work it out. Um, but Ash will help us and help you. That's why we do it. We want to help you in this area to equip you, the saints, for the work of the ministry. And position you that when you make your request known to God, that you'll see that the promises come to pass, that it won't be just something of you 
throwing or giving offering, but it's actually a sowing of an offering and have an understanding of how you can see these things work. Matthew 6, 19 to 21 says this, Don't store up treasures in, here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroy them, where thieves break in and steal them. Store your treasures in heaven where the moths cannot... Uh, moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in steel. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. That's why it's important where we do this series. And sure, it's about money and we'll talk about money because we want to equip you in that. But it's not just about that, it's about faith. It's about turning the page. It's about prayer. It's about action. It's about generosity and about encouraging others to make a difference. To make a difference here and all around the world where we go. Let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for this amazing place, this amazing church full of incredible people. Lord, as we come to this season of expansion, Father, I sense your hand on it so strong. I sent your hand on it for the business people. I sent your hand on it for people who have sown for years that they're going to see a harvest that they believed for years ago. That, Father, that their sowing has come and there'll be a harvest in this season. Father, I pray for every person here. As we go through this season, they'll gain understanding and knowledge that they will turn the page. Thank you, Father. Hey, just while every eye's closed, every head's bowed. Maybe in this place you've come in to church this morning, you've never made a decision to follow God. You've never said, yes, God, I want you in my life. Maybe you've had a religious experience where you've gone to church, but you've never actually said, God, I want to know you. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. I want to help you make that decision. And the way we do that here is just while no one's looking around, just while you've got privacy between you and God, that if that's you, as an outward expression of an inward decision you're making, will you raise your hand so I can see it, so I can pray with you? Not so to embarrass you, but just so I can pray with you and lead you in a prayer. So I look across this room right now. I want to give you that opportunity. As I just as I look across, if that's you, You've never given your life to Christ. And you want to do it this morning. Well, Father, I pray for everybody here. Father, you bless them. You pour out abundance on their life that they'll know you, not just knowing about you. They will turn the page. Pray, action, generosity, and encourage one another to be all that they can be. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Highlands Highfields Message Podcast. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose and to make a difference. If you feel moved by today's message and want to connect with us, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at highlands.highfields on Facebook or Instagram or head to highlandschurch.org.au for more resources and information. Be sure to follow the Highlands Highfields message podcast on your preferred platform to stay up to date with our latest message. We hope to see you in person soon.